Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. Hi, today's episode is with Shauna Levin from uh, Twins Trust. She's CEO of Twins Trust. So welcome, Shauna. Thank you. As people know, Claire and I volunteer for Twins Trust. Um, It's the leading UK charity working to support twins in multiple birth families. Um, And I listen on Twins Trust Twin Line, try and say that quickly. Um, And I don't know, Claire, if you want to say a bit about what you do for Twins Trust. So I work with the family crisis support, offering support to families who are in crisis with um, multiples. And so we offer advice on things like routines and just generally helping them through a really tricky time. So Shauna, do you want to just tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to become CEO of Twins Trust? I mean, congratulations. I know you've not been there for very long. Thank you. Yes, that's right. I joined in September of 2021. Um, So I originally trained as a lawyer. Uh, I'm American and I practiced in New York. Um, But my kind of passion was always social justice. And I went off to do human rights work in Liberia in Africa, not too long after that. Um, And I stayed there. I was working uh, on some fairly technical things with the government there. Uh, and then I moved to the UK and I've been working in the UK charity sector for almost 11 years now. So my first role was at a small human rights organization that worked with the Jewish community. And I went on to lead that organization as executive director. And following that, I uh, became campaigns director at an organization that works on corruption and climate and the link with natural resources. Um, And I was campaigns director there for six years. Um, And then I had twins uh, in 2018, Um, took my maternity leave, went back to work for a short period of time, but decided I actually wanted to stay home with my kids. So I was home with them for nearly, I guess, two and a half years or maybe a little bit more. and somewhere along kind of that road, I'd, I'd started thinking about what I wanted to do next. And um, I uh, kind of came across the Twins Trust role and just thought it sounded like a really nice fit and a way to kind of come back into the workforce, do the kind of work that I love, but, um, you know, also not have to kind of leave my family at the door. Oh, there you go. And, and being a mum of twins, I think most are all people at twins trust parents of twins no oh they're not (laughs) we're not we're not like the church it's not a requirement (laughs) (laughs) but lots of you do don't you uh yeah i i think um certainly over the years we've had a lot of twin and multiple parents uh working for us and and our trustees are i think our trustees are by and large uh twin parents um we have a few triplet parents on staff Um, Obviously, a lot of our volunteers are twin parents, but it is certainly not a requirement to work with us. And we have some really amazing people that 
that, that aren't members of that particular club. I'm not sure you'd be allowed to do that anyway. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure for the benefit of people that are listening, if they haven't heard of Twins Trust, do you just want to tell us a little bit about what the charity does? I mean, I know as a parent, um, I've benefited from, uh, you know, the resources and things like that, but it'd be useful just from your side to outline it. Sure. So we are the UK charity that supports multiples families and the multiples themselves. So that's twins, triplets and higher order multiples like quads. Um, and we don't see many higher than that. But uh, if they if they did exist, we would certainly support them as well. Um, and so our offerings run from courses basically from the moment you find out you're expecting multiples we have an early pregnancy course we have other preparing for parenthood courses we have um, resources on uh, the care you're supposed to be getting throughout your pregnancy to empower parents to talk to their care professionals if they have concerns we have all sorts of resources and um, help for people that have higher all, all multiple pregnancies are high risk, but for even higher risk pregnancies, we certainly support those families, um, uh, both with information, but also, um, you know, through some of our research. Uh, so in terms of family support, we, we do support kind of from when you find out you're expecting to um, all the way through adolescence and adulthood uh, for the multiples themselves. And then we also, uh, we contribute to medical research by ensuring that families' voices are heard um, by researchers and that researcher research is translating into real change for our families. And we have a relationship with St. George's Hospital here in London. Um, we have a Twins Trust Center for Clinical Excellence and Research there. So we collaborate with them. Um, we have relationships with other health professionals around the UK and actually beyond the UK as well. Um, and we also uh, work on standards of care. So we make sure that um, hospitals are delivering a standard of care that the government recommends. So we, we have a, an audit program where we work with hospitals to ensure that they are meeting um, a set of government guidelines around multiple births. And we work on influencing those guidelines as well and influencing the government on other issues. For example, um, I was in a meeting about neonatal leave yesterday with the government and to make sure multiples voices are heard in conversations like that. So we do a whole range of things um, and our families are always at the heart of what we do. Oh, it's really amazing the work that Twins Trust does and actually much more far reaching than perhaps people realise in particularly things like, you know, with the government and that kind of thing. But how many multiple birth families are there in the UK? I mean, I know that when I had twins, I kept on being told, you know, that it was rising all the time. And um, but have you got stats? So one in every 65 pregnancies as of the last available data was a multiple pregnancy. So that means two out of every 65 births are multiple births. That translates to about... 10,500 a year. And that obviously changes a bit year to year. So in terms of how many there are in the UK as a whole, it's kind of hard to say. Um, but uh, that's, that's how many, uh, you know, kind of are born each year. Um, the number has been going up for about the last 20 years. Um, and uh, researchers think this is largely because women are deferring uh, childbearing until later in life. And that's um, 
statistically makes one more likely to have twins and also because advances in fertility treatments have up until this point resulted in more twin births um, per capita. Um, but I think we're going to start to see that leveling off. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly when or, or by how much, but uh, continuing advances in fertility treatment mean that fewer twins are being born as a product of fertility treatments. So we'll see what uh, the future holds. But I, I think that it's fair to say that there's going to be lots of twins around for a long time. That's interesting, actually, isn't it? That actually, we've got to a point potentially where you're actually you've reached a level that it's not going to keep increasing you kind of think well yes but then when you actually think about the reasons why it's pretty obvious that it's not going to necessarily keep on increasing because um but you you could lots of people say to me um why did you have twins and I always say because and people told me that it was because I was an older parent and I'm not really still really sure why that meant that I was going to have that I had twins why is it that you have twins? Well, I mean, I'm not a doctor or a researcher, but my kind of layperson's understanding of that is something along the lines of um, when you're older, your body wants to increase the chance of you conceiving with every cycle. And so you're more likely to ovulate two eggs. That's that again, this very lay person. No, no, but I mean, of it. That, that, that's what that's how I try, kind of explain it. But I wondered if that was if, if that actually was the truth was real or not. But I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? But yeah, you know, again, I'm not sure I was um, just doing some research last night, actually, in in light of like the the situation in Ukraine, to see if there was any way Twins Trust could help. And I I found an interesting article about certain parts of the world, and and there is a town in Ukraine that is one of these places where they suspect there is something in the local diet or the local conditions that lead to higher than average um, per capita rates of twin births. Um, Nigeria is another place where this happens a lot. I think there's a, it's somewhere in South America also. But um, there are a lot of mysteries that we don't yet understand. So, <laughs> suffice it to say, we're very happy that, uh, that uh, there's so many wonderful twin families and multiple families out there that we can help support. Wow, that's incredible. And it is a genetic thing as well, though, isn't it? as well that it can come yeah I think I think identical twins again you're really kind of testing my uh, scientific knowledge here Uh, but I I do think one type of twins runs in families I'm not sure if it's identical this is all of us just working this out here now but I think it's the non-identical twins because my mum is a non-identical and they suggest that it there's this whole thing about skipping a generation, which has always been a slight <laughs> back of my mind because <laughs> um, my mum didn't have twins. Um, but uh, yeah, and my cousins had twins. So it's quite, I think, kind of runs through a family potentially. Yeah. And people have said yeah. to me, having had twins, that my children or my children's children would be more likely to, even although... I, it wasn't genetic from for me as well. So it, I mean, it's just there's there's probably never ending research that you can do on all sorts of all sorts of things. But um, have you as a, as a a parent of twins, did you actually ever have any encounters with Twins Trust yourself? I did, yeah. So Twins Trust was Tamba at the time. I had my twins in 2018, and we rebranded to become Twins Trust in 2019. Um, and so. 
when I found out I was expecting twins, I don't remember exactly how I found out about it. I want to say it was through one of my husband's work colleagues and she recommended that we check out Tamba. Um, and so we did, uh, some of the courses, um, which I found really, really helpful. They, um, were in person at the time. And, uh, I remember sitting in a kind of city, you know, conference room, um, with a hundred other people that were expecting twins, which was quite, quite an experience in and of itself. Um, but I remember just finding it incredibly useful, um, to kind of both get the, um, the kind of professional advice, but also hear from parents that had been there a year before and now, you know, were parents of twins and just to hear about their experiences and to know that they had survived and were fine and thriving and well. Um, I was one and, of those uh, parents. Me and my husband did that. So, oh my goodness. Oh, that It was really crazy, but it was just hilarious because all anybody actually wanted to ask my husband was what car he got. He was really, <laughs> he was so nervous about going and doing it. And he's like, what are they going to ask me? Because he was like, I don't really know the answers to any of these questions. And I'm probably just going to be a bit too negative because at the time they were really little. So it was hard, hard work. And, uh, but yeah, all they wanted to know was which car did you get? Did the car seats fit in? How do you put them in? <laughs> da, 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 da. It was quite funny. Yeah. That's funny. And the buggy question is always oh, a yeah. big one. The buggy, oh, yeah. you know, which buggy do you get? And then it doesn't matter how many times I've told people what buggy I think is the best. They always go back to the the one that I think is kind of a waste of money. And I'm not going to name and shame anybody here. Oh. <laughs> I've had this conversation with a lot of parents and they go for prestige over functionality. So... My advice, go for functionality over prestige. Do you know what? I had three and they were, I had three. They, they were yeah. in that order. They were not. And eventually yeah. I ended up with the out and about with the wheelie thing. And that's the one that, oh, I'm getting a thumbs up now. Obviously, we're all video yeah. with, <laughs> with Shauna. Uh, I can't, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to. No endorsement, yeah. obviously, but yeah, no that one. endorsement here, but yes, that, anybody listening, it's a good buggy. It's really hard though, isn't it? Because you're, in a way, buying for two or buying for three. And that's a huge kind of investment. A pram in itself is such a lot of money. <laughs> And I think it's the one thing you see people out and about with, literally, they're pushing it around. And so I think when you're a new parent, you're going, or or pregnant, you're kind of looking at it and going, oh, I like the look of that. And that looks really nice. And then it's when you have to get it in your car or you have to get it through the really narrow <laughs> aisles that don't accommodate multiple <laughs> prams. And that's when practicalities come in and then you go, you know what, I'm going to go for the practical. But I think you do that if you have a singleton, you know, the first time parents, the amount of parents that buy a pram and then buy a different one because they realise it just isn't as practical. Well, and actually your needs really change, you know, from having tiny little newborns. You know, my kids were um, four and five pounds when they were born and that's really small. You know, it's not tiny, tiny, but it's, you see these little babies in these kind of big, slightly less secure, you know, cots and, and you know, wobbling around and it was winter, you know, so you want to make sure they're nice and snug and warm and things. So my, my 
the first buggy had these kind of big secure cots that had big kind of, you know, secure pads in them and things. And it was really comforting to have that when they were really little. And then they got a bit bigger and heavier. And <laughs> suddenly I couldn't, <laughs> you know, walk them over a curb without like, having to jump up in the air, you know, push the bucky <laughs> down. So I'm also not the tallest person. So I think it's all about where you live, your needs, you know. And when you've got twins, one of the really important, or triplets or, you know, more, one of the really important things is to be able to get out easily, I would say, because mm. it's kind of like you need that break, you need that sanity. And if you haven't got a buggy that you could I mean there was a point that I didn't go out because I, like you said I couldn't go down curbs I found it really hard to fit the buggy in the in, in the car so I would say if you know if someone's listening that has got multiples and is thinking about that kind of thing I think a, a choice of pram is really really key and then when they were a little bit older I gave up on all sense of worrying about what it looked like and got two umbrella things you know what are they yeah. called the little tiny buggies that just go up into a into nothing in the car and I got two single ones and I bought a little strap that sometimes I strap them together or sometimes we had one (laughs) each it was kind of that simple really but yeah so just talking about having twins as a parent what would you say is the kind of best thing about having twins or multiples for you well they're very cute um so that's you know that's lovely and they're at a fun age now so mine are three just over three and they're very imaginative and they're very good friends and um you know they they have a great time playing together so that's lovely but I think probably the best thing about having twins for me you know kind of from a less I don't know Uh, selfish perspective is it really took like the optionality out of parenting which I thought was really helpful and by that I mean that I saw a lot of friends that had one baby and they agonized over you know do I make my own food or do they feed them the store-bought food and do they give formula or do they feed you know breastfeed or and and every all of these choices I think there's a lot of kind of societal judgment around parenting and, you know, you're kind of, there's opinions everywhere from your parents to your in-laws, to your friends, to just people that see you in the cafe or on the street. And so with twins, I think, first of all, very few people around you have had that experience. So they might not feel in the place to judge or give advice, which is, which has its, you know, negatives too. But I think I, forgave myself a lot more easily for taking the easy way out. Um, sometimes, you know, like for example, I'd go meet, you know, some girlfriends for lunch and their babies would all be dressed in these lovely little, you know, knits and hats and pretend shoes. And my kids would be in, you know, dirty baby clothes or whatever, not neglectful, not too dirty. And I just, you know, like if I, if I just had one, I feel like I would have really felt pressure to, you know, make sure they were, I don't know, dressed beautifully or whatever it was. Um, another example is my, you know, the, the, when you get into the puree stage of weaning, you know, I went through about three days of making my own purees and then completely threw in the towel and started buying, you know, whatever brand I thought was the kind of best brand. But, you know, I have friends that, pureed things for a year after that, you know, and, and, and killed themselves doing it um, because they just felt like they were failing in some way if they, um, 
you know, if they, if they didn't make their own food or whatever. And so I, I quite liked that about having twins. It, it allowed me a bit to be a bit easier on myself in a way, because, um, you know, you don't have a choice. Uh, you only have so many hours in a day and so many hands. Yeah. And I, but I do think that you've got, you have got to allow yourself to do that. And I, I have to say, I wasn't very good at that and kind of did feel like did put myself under pressure to try and be that perfect parent even although actually what I should have done is what you've just said you know being a little bit easier on myself you know actually not worried so much about what I put them in or what I fed them if it was going to put me under so much pressure and I think that's a really important message to give is that it 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 is important to look after yourself and make sure that you don't put yourself under too much pressure definitely yeah Absolutely. And I think I always used to tell, I I didn't always succeed at doing it. Don't get me wrong. Often I did judge myself or worry that I was doing the wrong thing or, um, but I think, uh, it, it, it was just that much easier for me to remind myself that, you know, I had to do everything twice. Um, and so it was, it was all right. And I, I also really like to remind myself, you know, at all of these life stages, which continue, you know, nobody will be eating puree at their wedding. Like nobody will be, my, my son wouldn't touch solid food until he was about like 14 months old. Like he would eat purees, but he wouldn't eat anything else. And I'd get a lot of, um, you know, advice on this from some family members. And, um, what I would always say is I've never I've never thought that we'd have to have a puree buffet at his wedding he'll be fine (laughs) that is so funny that's so true and it's a bit like yeah they're not they're not going to still be wearing nappies when they're at senior school kind of thing you know there Mm. there is going to come a point and you have got to just perhaps give yourself a little bit of slack sometimes haven't you absolutely Mm -hmm. but I mean the obvious next question is what are the biggest challenges that you faced or that you feel that parents of twins and multiples face? I think, I mean, there's the obvious kind of practical challenges in the early days. Um, You know, feeding I found incredibly stressful and it's so, um, it's such an emotional topic. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot of kind of emerging dialogue about why women feel so much pressure either way, you know, to, to just to, to make the feeding choice that works for their family. You shouldn't feel any judgment or pressure around that. Um, but I think because, um, you know, of the kind of influencing that's been done by formula companies for many, many years and the kind of backlash to that, there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of anxiety around feeding. So I found that, that really stressful and finding the right advice and the right, um, you know, support to make the choices that I wanted to make was very, very difficult. Um, I think, you know, money is, is a, is a massive concern for twin families. You, you know, as somebody that's trained as a professional, you know, I, I left the workforce thinking that I was going to be taking a short break, you know, a maternity leave and then going back. And when I went to return to the workforce, you know, I realized what so many, you know, mums of multiples realize, which is that you have to earn a certain level so that you're not basically just paying somebody to look after your kids. Like you, you have to end up in the black, presumably. And um, it's it, putting two kids in nursery at one time is a huge, huge expense. 
Um, and so, you know, it's, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm trained as a lawyer. I'm not working as a lawyer now, but I, I have a, a type of job that, um, you know, at least ostensibly made that possible for me, but a lot of people don't. And thus they are forced out of the workforce and they might have to, um, accept the ramifications of that for years going forward. I mean, this is one of the issues that I'm really hoping we can do a bit more on at Twins Trust because it's just something that we hear from so many of our families. Like I've got this impossible choice to make. I either go back to work and, you know, we come out less well off because nursery costs are so high or, um, I don't go back to work for five years and I've lost X number of years in my career and I'm behind my colleagues. And I think even the, the, the hurdle of getting back into the workforce after being out for so long, you know, you have to find time to look for a role and prep for, you know, whatever interview process is part of that role and remember what you used to do when you worked and put all of that together coherently. You know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty big feat. Um, so, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I think financial challenges are, you know, just universal when it comes to multiple families. Well, and it, in some respects, it doesn't just stop when they're little, does it? Somebody was saying to me the other day, oh my goodness, you're going to have to, you've got two children that are going to have driving lessons together. They're going to go to university together. And I appreciate that people do have obviously siblings and so you do have to do it. But in that respect quite often that's a bit more of a staggered process whereas potentially you know you've got that double hit the whole time and you do have to be prepared for that kind of thing you know and and like you said it 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 is a huge challenge for lots and lots of families particularly when parents want to go back to work and that exact that is your the scenario you just you described was exactly what happened to me in that um I went to work and basically paid my childminder and that that was it there was no <laughs> there was nothing really left and i needed to do that for my own sanity as such but at the same time it was a little bit like whoa you know that's a big chunk of cash to kind of be looking for and then going out to work and not really seeing anything else yeah absolutely and and you think through that process well you know i'm like then, then you have a sick day or a child is sick and you've got to stay home and you feel the pressure of, you know, you're supposed to be in two places at once. And, you know, what do, anyways, it is, it's a big challenge. And I think, um, yeah, we've, we've just, we've got to figure out a solution to it because there are a lot of families that, um, just aren't able to make that choice. No, absolutely not. And in terms of the charity, um, and the challenges you're facing, what's kind of at the top of your to-do list at the moment, apart from all the things you've just spoken about? Um, well, we're about to kind of start a new strategic cycle. So um, I suppose formally, I don't know yet, but I think, you know, the the kind of rising cost of living is front and center of everybody's mind. And this is going to hit multiples families harder for the reasons we just mentioned. Um, so that's definitely something that we're thinking a lot about is what kinds of issues are we going to see? What kinds of need are we going to see? And how can we best meet that need? And then another um, uh, challenge at the moment is um, the state of our healthcare system here in the UK. Um, you know, COVID and Brexit have both taken a huge toll 
on the, you know, the, the people that work to keep us all healthy. And um, we've seen a lot of um, particularly like midwives and, and kind of staff in the, the, that part of the healthcare system leave the healthcare system entirely. So there is a massive staffing shortage. And um, because multiple pregnancies are higher risk and require, um, you know, the ability to spot issues, once, once an issue's been spotted, you know, treatment is often very, very good. But where we see problems is where issues aren't spotted in time. Um, and that can lead to devastating outcomes. Uh, you know, the, the number of twins that are stillborn um, or die shortly after birth is, I think, five and four times higher than that for singleton pregnancies. So um, we just need to be looking at, um, you know, where like all there's there's going to be a lot of proposals for how to reform the NHS following COVID, how to, to stave up the NHS following COVID. And, and I really want us to be a part of those conversations so we can make sure that our families have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of on a, a more positive side in terms of uh, what what kind of things have you seen at Twins Trust and that, that are happening at the moment or have happened that you're really proud of? Because, I mean, it is an amazing organisation and one that both Claire and I are extremely proud to be a part of. But, you know, from you as, you know, the, the leader of the of the charity, what makes you proud? I think we just provide such amazing support for our families. Um, You know, anybody who needs advice or somebody to talk to um, can by and large find that uh, through one of the different fora that we offer. We have, we have resources. Again, we have courses, we have um, twin line, which is our uh, our listening line, um, which is also an email service. We have online forums. We have private Facebook groups. So, um, and the quality of the advice is is exceptional and really second to none. Um, and one of the things that I think, uh, you know, is really wonderful is that um, through the pandemic, we responded to the pandemic incredibly well, and we were able to move so much of what we do online. And what we've seen is increasing numbers of people outside of the UK finding us and coming to us for advice and help and support, um, and particularly bereaved families. I think um, we've really realized over the last couple of years that um, there's very little support for bereaved multiples families um, outside of Twins Trust. I mean, that's not to say it doesn't exist, but we've had so many people, um, so many more people from within the UK and so many people from outside of the UK come to us um, and use our resources and uh, join our groups um, that, you know, it just makes me really proud that we're able to support some of these people through what is surely the hardest time of their lives um, in such an effective way. So, Yeah, oh, that is. And are there many other charities that support? I know that there's a charity in America, but Europe, presumably, there's if people are coming to Twins Trust in the UK, there actually isn't that kind of specialist charity out and about there. I, To be honest, I don't know much beyond the English-speaking world. I know there's a lot of kind of multiple births associations. For example, there is one in America, there's one in Canada, there's one in Australia, there's one in New Zealand. I'm sure there are others. Um, and I think Twins Trust is unique because we're 
we've got to be one of the largest. Um, many of the others are volunteer run or have a few paid staff, but we actually have about 30 people working for us um, to do all of the work that we do. So we're, we're big and, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we're not big, but in the Hunter Twin world, we're big. And, um, you know, I think we can support organizations in other countries. You know, we, we, we are very collaborative and we're able to help um, with resources, with um, information for, for their families if they're not able to provide that. So I can't tell you conclusively. I don't know. I don't have a kind of full mapping of uh, twin and multiple organizations around the world, but we're definitely one of the biggest. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's incredible. And I think having it here in the UK for, um, for people to use like you say to for advice and for resources and for training it's invaluable i mean you know i was on um twin line last week and had um a midwife call me to ask for resources from twins trust to give out to parents and actually you know for somebody for for the name to be known for somebody to ring us to ask I thought was incredible I mean I thought it was it's it's great um and as um sort of as a final sort of question um have you got three tips you'd give as a parent to another parent or somebody expecting multiples have you got three tips that you would give I think um accept help that's that's a big one, and I think it's hard for a lot of us to accept help. Um, uh, but you you need it. Uh, you know, you, you often can't do it alone. And if I hadn't had as much help and support as I did, you know, particularly in the early days, but even now, um, you know, I think I'd probably uh, be a lot more stressed. <laughs> Claire, you'd say that, wouldn't you? Claire would say yeah. that to any parent, wouldn't you, Claire? Literally. One hundred percent. And I think. if you accept help you enjoy parenthood so much more and actually people around you want to help they just don't necessarily know the best way of doing it so just ask them but I think people have this opinion that you have to just do a good you know you have to be able to parent your own children and if you ask for help it's a sign of failure or anything else and it absolutely isn't goes back to that old thing isn't it of um it takes a village Mm, and yeah it definitely does it it takes a village to raise children and you have to ask for help we don't have extended family around us as like we used to we don't live down the road from them in the same way we used to and yeah i 100 percent agree you should always ask for help and you know (laughs) and be clear about what kind of help you want you know um yeah. I want you to please empty the dishwasher and, um, you know, watch the babies while I have a shower. Whatever it is, just don't don't mince your words. Just be really direct and clear about what will be helpful for you. And don't spend your whole time letting them hold the babies yes. and you run around after them. Yeah. And then they leave and your baby, you had that, didn't you, Bex? You had someone come and hold the babies and you're like, oh this is great. And then they left and you realised you just had no opportunity to have done anything. And then the babies just wanted to be, you know, they were like, they woke up because they'd been all snuggled in having cuddles. And then they woke up when the visitors left and you were like, ah, haven't got anything done. Yeah. And they slept through both their feeds 
or through one of their feeds, which I was like, didn't uh, as a parent, I didn't really realise that was going to be a big issue. Well, it was a massive issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So accept help. I think take some time for yourself if you can. If that's part of accepting help, you know, whether it's going for a walk or staring at a wall. I mean, there were definitely times, especially when my kids were little, that all I wanted to do when you know, somebody would come over to watch the kids was just literally like lie in bed and stare at the ceiling. (laughs) And that's okay. If that's what makes you feel better, do it. You know, if you want to go and swim laps, do that. If you want to go, you know, write a novel, do that. But if you want to stare at the ceiling, that's kind of fine too. (laughs) Do what makes you happy. I guess the final one would probably be try not to sweat the small stuff. And I'm terrible at this. Like I really hate, you know, when my house is dirty, I really hate when my kids are dirty, you know, like, like that. but I'd probably be a much more happy, relaxed person if I would just accept some of that and live with it and know that it's always, it's very short. You know, I know it's such a cliche to say it, but the phases go faster than like, I remember learning that it was time to wean my kids and going, wait, I just got the hang of feeding them. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to switch. <laughs> and, and I just I like had this moment at that point where I was like, that was fast. Wow. And not that I stopped feeding them at that point, but it really, really came quickly. And so I think all of these phases, you know, the phase where they're crawling or bum shuffling or whatever, and they're just filthy all the time. It doesn't go on for that long unless you're me and your child doesn't walk till they're like 20 months old, (laughs) you know, whatever. But nothing lasts forever. And I think it is all those things of important that it's, you know, particularly with multiples of not that comparison as well, because that's the other hard part of having two or three little ones all exactly the same age. And it's that, you know, like you say, one child might not walk till they're 20 months, but probably have amazing language or the other one's walking and climbing and you're kind of, it's, and I think everybody will, anyone who's, because I've worked with multiples and the amount of times you get stopped and get told that must be hard work. (laughs) And it's like, but it's also a joy. Hmm. it's also really nice to have you know the bond they have or it's just lovely to have and there can be those really you you both must have heard those statements of you know asking interesting questions when they see you out and about and are they identical that's my favorite one (laughs) no they're a boy and a girl (laughs) yeah you do get that a lot it's funny I think if I can ask, add one more, it's just don't compare yourself to anybody and don't compare your children to each other. Because, yeah, like, you know, they're, they're, they're different people, whether they're identical or not identical. They're different people. And um, you're not you're, – you're a different person and your family's a different family. And it doesn't really matter what somebody else is doing or, you know – what and child care they've got their, or what they're yeah. feeding their kids or whatever you know take your the advice of your healthcare professionals and use your instinct as a parent and um that's the best that's the best advice i can give <laughs> and call them by their names when everyone turns them like yes. oh, the twins or the triplets I and know, you're like, i've never ever called my kids the twins it never it never occurred to me to call them the twins no and, and some a friend of mine once asked me if it bothered me when she called them the twins. And I said, no, not particularly, but I just never 
have. So, don't mm. know. It's a, it's a it's strange, you know, I, it's when one of the families I was working for and we had a birthday and a couple of people decided to write a joint birthday card to the children. So mm. it was so just saved on one card. And it was like, no, because it's both of their birthdays. And if they had a birthday two months apart or whatever, and they were siblings, you'd you'd give them a separate card. So they are individuals. They're little people who... Yeah. And um, I think it's quite hard not to always see them as a, a pair or, you know, as a triplet or whatever. It's that, I think, from someone who doesn't have twins or triplets looking in on that it's always respecting that they are individual little people who well and they have different needs and things and things i mean we were talking um on another podcast about early wakings and um i was saying that my son always was an early waker but my daughter wasn't and they so therefore you just have to make sure that you don't have that same approach for both of them um or again you know if you've got more than two for for either of them um so individuality even if they're identical is really important because they still are individuals in their own right aren't they yeah, and we're actually we're developing our resources on individuality now. It's um, it's not something I mean, we've we've had some some resources on it, but um, we're working with an amazing doctor from the U.S., Dr. Joan Friedman, on um, just fleshing out what we have to offer parents on that. And actually, we're doing an Instagram live next week on it, so I don't know when this podcast will be out, but uh, if it is after, I think we're doing it on March seventh. If it's after March seventh, it'll be available on our Instagram as a highlight if you're interested in hearing Joan speak about why you shouldn't dress your kids the same. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah. So just um, to finish, um, could you just tell us uh, where people can find information about Twins Trust, what it means to be a member, that kind of thing? Sure. So you can find us at www.twinstrust.org. Um, and if you are interested in registering for free resources or joining us, our members have access to a discount scheme. So I talked about money troubles earlier. One of the ways that we support our members is by negotiating discounts with a lot of companies that provide things that multiple parents need from, you know, things like uh, sleepwear to holidays. Like there's a whole range of discounts and actually even some quite interesting things like, um, a mental health support service, uh, you know, we have a discount for as part of our package. So our membership is something definitely to look into. I think it only costs around the same as a cup of coffee. Although uh, these days it's like, you know, that, that, <laughs> that could change tomorrow, <laughs> but uh, not, not, not our membership, the coffee. Um, but yeah, no, our, it, it's relatively affordable uh, and uh, it it helps us to do our work if you join us as a member. And it also gives you access to some some really great um, financial discounts. So you can find out about all of that on our website. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook. We have a lot of private Facebook groups, for example, if you're a family um, that has a single parent, if you're a same-sex family, if you need specific help feeding. Um, we have Facebook groups for a lot of these. And we also have a forum through our website where you can seek peer-to-peer -peer support. Um, you'll put in the answers to a few questions about things like how old your kids are, what your issues are, and you can access a forum where people are facing similar challenges. 
or just want to talk about similar things. Um, and we have our twin line. Uh, Bex, I'll let you um, talk about twin line if you want. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think it's something that is... It's it's easily accessible, so people can call any time between 10 and 1 and... I don't know what the evening hours are. Seven till ten, is it? I think in the evening. I don't tend to do the evening shift, but um, ten, ten till one and seven till ten um, every day, except weekends. I don't think that it's open on weekends. But you know, people can call, and there's somebody who's had a multiple birth on the other end of the phone um, who is there to listen and just can you know signpost you to resources on uh, the twins trust website and all the things that you were just talking about shauna so i think as a twin parent i used twin line when my children were little and just to have that friendly ear of somebody that really knew what you were talking about you know not talking to friends of singletons it it made an absolutely huge difference yeah yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you've got the hours are right. And there's also an email address if you don't want to talk to somebody on the phone. But um, the, the the volunteer listeners and the staff that run it are amazing. And to be honest, I go to them for advice a lot. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll, I'll kind of say something. Oh, you know, I didn't get a great night's sleep last night. One of my kids just isn't sleeping. And they'll say, why don't you call Twinline? And I'll say, that's a great idea. I don't know why I didn't think of that. So I, I use our services as well. Oh, don't call when I'm on Shauna. That's pressure, <laughs> the pressure I don't need. <laughs> um, it's been wonderful to chat to you about that, Shauna. Um, thanks so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. And, um, you know, all power to Twins Trust, I say, you know, brilliant support for multiple families. Um, and really don't know what I would have done without it. So lots of other people, I'm sure, feel the same. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me and us. Um, And yeah, please, for any multiple families out there or anybody that knows a multiple family that might uh, benefit from our resources, please have a look at our website or uh, drop us an email. Thanks, Shauna. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That's everything for today.